0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Great to see you. Great to see everybody. And happy Sunday. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you yet, I mean it, please say hello, but my name is Samuel, and it is just the honor of Becca and I's life to get to serve you guys here at Life West. It really is. I so look forward to it. it the a great week to be here. Today's Sunday, and you picked a great spot to be. But let me just say, there's some stuff that we can be doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So let me just real quick remind you, small groups are going to be kicking off. And so really they're going to launch next week, so there'll be many new groups adding this week. So if you're looking, uh, you can get on there still and find some more. If you're thinking about hosting, there's still time for that as well. Small groups is going on. You know, we don't just come and like leave and like call things done. Our mission is we want to see you equipped and empowered to be and do everything that God has for you relationships are a big part of that. Knowing your gifts and talents, which is why we do growth track every single week. Give you opportunity to figure out, hey, make sure you know God, find freedom, let go of those things from your past, discover what your gifts and talents are, and then how do we use those to leverage, leverage those to build the kingdom of God? If you're like, man, that sounds good, then every month, every month we do a four-week simple class. It's growth track to help you to know what those are and just be out there making a difference. Not just punching a time clock. Not just watching the sun go up and down on yet another day. Like, what can I do to make a difference? We'd love to help you with that. But today, we're starting a series called The Vow. And it's February, so we're going to talk about marriage. So to kick this off, we're just going to tell some jokes. Just, just, <laughs> just some jokes. And the only reason why I told you they're jokes is so that hopefully you laugh. Because I don't know. Let's, let's just go. So joke number one. My husband is wonderful with our baby daughter, but often turns to me for advice. Recently, I was in the shower when he poked in his head and said, hey, what should I feed Lily for lunch? Uh, That's up to you, I replied. There's all kinds of food out there. Why don't you just pretend I'm not home? A few minutes later, my cell phone rang. I answered it and my husband said, "Uh, yeah, honey, uh, what should I feed Lily for lunch? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I think I gave somebody an idea on that one. Like, that's just a good one. Okay, let's do another one. A man was standing in front of the bathroom mirror one evening, admiring his reflection when his wife of 30 years was there, and he asked, will you still love me when I'm old, fat, and balding? And she answered, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but how true is that? Like, guys and girls are so different. Girls, it doesn't matter. They just look at themselves no matter how beautiful they are, and they're like, oh, I'm not this, and oh, there's something wrong. And then there's guys. and we just sit there, we're like... Mm hmm. Man, you lucky. Look at this. It yeah. doesn't no matter what we look like. We're like, yeah. I can, I can just picture me doing that. I can picture me doing that. Okay. Next one. One more. A woman noticed her husband standing on the bathroom scale, sucking in his stomach when she started to laugh. Said, that's not going to help. Sure, it does. He said, it's the only way I can see the numbers. <laughs> do what you got to do. All right. So we're talking. Today, about marriage. We're going to be doing this over the next few weeks. And today, what I really want to do is lay a foundation of where marriage comes from and what it is. We have ideas because they just come to us. Some some ideas, we don't know where they come from. It's just what we were kind of, we pick up. We've all heard the saying, more is caught than taught. And so much of what we think of and the way that we frame marriage is just things we've picked up. It may be picked up from an aunt and uncle over here, a little bit of mom and dad over here, or just mom. Uh, Some of it's going to come from TV, a thing that we saw over here, something we read in a book, and it kind of just comes together. So, if we really want to know about marriage and what it's meant to be, and how, what, what it was, where did it all come from? What do we do? Well, the first law of hermeneutics, which is hermeneutics is a fancy way of saying when you're going to study the Bible, is Go to the beginning, or the first time that something is mentioned in Scripture. In fact, when the Pharisees came to Jesus to try to trick him, and they said, hey, um, is it okay? Because Moses told us that a man could write his wife a certificate of divorce for just any reason. Jesus, when what Jesus did? Jesus, in Matthew, he just went and he's like, okay, But here's what we're going to do. Matthew 19, he says, but that's not how it was in the beginning. He says, in the beginning, God made them man and woman. And what God has joined together, let man not separate. He's like, look, I see what you have happened here and somebody in authority might have tried to change some things, but that's not how it was in the beginning. We look to the beginning if we want to know how God designed something. And we find that In the book of Beginnings, Genesis, and it does happen to be the first book of your Bible. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 2. So let's look at marriage, when and where God made it, so we can learn some things about it and how we can approach it and what it's meant to be. So here we go. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Come on. I will make a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and of every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called them, the living creature, that is, was its name. So Adam gave names to the cattle, to the birds of the air, and every beast of the field. But for Adam there was, no, there was not found a helper comparable to him. You ever just look at a scripture and say, well, duh. You're like, yeah, they were animals. And he's like, yeah, none of of these are going to work. I just read that I'm like, really? Like, did we think that they would? Like, no, I mean, dogs are best... Anyways, okay, so here we go. Verse 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. I heard someone say one time, well, the reason why God put Adam to sleep was because he didn't want his help. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the the flesh in its place. Verse 22, Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman, and he brought her to the man. God made woman from man. And here's here's a couple things I want us to see in this. Number one is marriage. God made it. And what do we see? This is in the beginning. Is there any government? No. God made it. Government does not make it, define it, You can try, and we can try to change it, but it's never been improved on. God made marriage, not government. So here's one thing that we're not waiting for. When we say, I'm waiting to get married, you're not not married, you say, hey, I'm saving myself for marriage. Let me tell you what you're not waiting for. You're not waiting for a piece of paper. God made marriage, not our government. And if one day our government decides, and and I could see this happening very quickly, that marriage that in order to perform a legal marriage union, you know, you have to marry everybody and their cousin to whomever they want, whenever they want, the way that they want, and the number of people that they want to marry, and they start going crazy and, and say that we have to do that, then guess what? That, that will be the end of me performing legal marriages. Because you're not waiting for a piece of paper and it's not up to what the government does not decide what it is. And we already talked about the Pharisees come into Jesus and be like, well, look, Moses said we could write this. And, and Jesus just says, well, in the beginning it was not so, and that was only allowed because of the hardness of your hearts. He's like, that's not how it's meant to be. So number one, government doesn't define it, God created it. We can, they can try to change it, but God's like, look, this is what it is. This is what it is. God made it. The second thing is this realize not only was was there no government, but think about this with me real quick. Marriage, God said, this is it, it's done. This is what marriage is. And if we keep on reading, we see it. And we're going to catch up here in just a second, but here's what he says is, this happened before the fall. Have you ever thought about like how great it would be to be like in the Garden of Eden the way that God created it? Like before Eve messed everything up? I mean, come on. Right? Right? Did I start a fight on the way home? Okay, maybe, maybe not. But seriously, have you ever thought about how great it would be? Well, guess what? God created marriage before the fall. God looked at perfect creation and said, now watch. I'm going to make marriage. And he brought Eve to Adam. Genesis 2 Verse 23 says this, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Adam's like, Look, you're going to leave your father and mother. Adam did not have a mother in law, and yet he saw the importance of leaving his father and mother. <laughs> like, come on. So here's what it says, it says that. God took from man to create woman. Here's a really simple question. Here's a really simple question. doesn't matter what it is. If you have something and I take from you, do you still have it or have it in the same quantity? No. God took something from man. Once that was gone, he closed up where he took it. And that word rib, really, um, it's really hard for me to say this because in, in, in the Hebrew, this tes- tesela is, is all the same letters to spell the word tesla. And so every time I see it, I just see, I see the word tesla. Anybody else like, you don't need things to be spelled right to read it? Like that's me. Spelling means absolutely nothing. I'm like, I know what the word is. That's tesla, but it's not. But here's the thing. In the Hebrew, this tesela, it literally means rib- or side, or sides. Like, you you can say it this way, that what God did was cause man to go to sleep, and then he took his side, one of the sides that God had put in man, and took it from him and made woman from it. So when it says that the two become one, one of the things that it says is this, is that what was once one, God took and made two, And in marriage, we come back together, a man and a woman, and we, the two, become one. Together, together, man and woman are a better picture, a clearer picture, a full picture of who God is because you and I were made in his image. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him male and female." So we were both made in God's image, but we just have a different side. We are a different side. So here's the thing I really want you to see when it comes to marriage. The first thing I really want you to to understand and to see is this. You were made, designed, intentionally made for marriage. God made marriage in the garden when. Everything was great before sin entered the world, before there was any problems. God wasn't like, well, man's too crazy. He needs someone to slow him down. I'll give him woman. That's not it. He wasn't like, oh, oh, no, what am I going to do? No, 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 it was none of that. God's like, this is going to be the perfect pair. Marriage was made and designed by God. I believe with all of my heart that what he designed it to be is the closest thing to heaven that we'll experience here on earth. But the sad thing is, if it has that potential That potential pendulum can swing the other way and it can be the closest thing to hell you'll experience on earth. It has that potential. God designed it. It can be great, but it's not man-made and the government does not define it. So we need to see it for what it is, which is it's God's and you were made for it. When we get married, you are made for it. So much so Proverbs 18, says, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure and receives favor from the Lord. Marriage is a good thing. It's not bad. It is not a bad thing in the slightest. Now, I say all of this and how you're made for it, and let me, just, let me just real quick remind you of this other fact that if you're single, guess what? You are not a half waiting to find your whole okay? Because the Bible says that the two become one, not halves becoming whole. It's two becoming one. In fact, Colossians 2.10 says that we are complete through our union with Christ. So you are complete single. You were made, we were made, man and woman were made for marriage, which is why I think those who live a single life have an amazing gift on them to do that. Because the default is God made you, for marriage. God made you to be married. But remember, you are whole. You're not waiting broken to get married and suddenly become whole. 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Okay? So as a single man, you have everything you need for life and godliness in Christ. As a single woman, you have everything you need. You do not need a man, you do not need a woman to complete you. Now, two become one, and yes, you are a better, you are a whole picture of God. So much clearer to be seen, the whole thing. But you are complete. It is the two that simply become one. So here's what I want you to realize in that, is great marriages, number one. Number one is God made it. And man doesn't get to redefine it. It was made to be great. It is a gift, the Bible says to us. He who finds a wife, finds favor, receives favor from the Lord. God's like, man, it's going to be good. It is going to be good. But here's the thing. A great marriage is made, it is not found. It is made. But when we understand that God made it and we were made for this, then we don't turn our attention to everything around us to fix it, and oh, it, wouldn't it be better if this happened? Or maybe, did I make a mistake, or, or can I ever get back what was lost? No, 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 you were made for this. It can be great. Years ago, we were taking a group of students, about 47 of us, out to Montana. It was quite a drive, um, trying to do that, and do we spend the night in hotels? We're like, let's, let's charter a bus, let's try it this way. So we chartered this bus, and, and the bus company is like, no, that's a, it was about 24, 26 hours of driving. Like what we're going to do is we're going ha- to stagger drivers, and we're going to have drivers planted from Michigan to Montana so you guys can make it. I don't remember the number of stops. I'm like, because I didn't need to. They were, they were doing it for us, right? But in the middle of the night, on one of these stops, we all get off. We go to the bathroom, and, and a new driver gets on the bus. And we get all back on the bus, and it was kind of towards morning, I remember that, but, but we get back on, and, and we get on the highway, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back down on the bus, because we're all done, and we're on our way to Montana, right? And I'm sitting driving, and as I'm driving, I'm like, what in the world? Because just, just the road was horrible. Like, like do do-do, do-do, do I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Like, what is going on? So I kind of like open my eyes, and I'm like, I'm trying to go back to sleep, because because. Sleep is the closest thing to time travel. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. You go to sleep and you wake up, and you're like, I'm somewhere new. Like, this is awesome. I love sleeping on trips. I'm like, I just want to go to sleep and it's not working. So I look over and I'm like, what's going on? And, and we're going down this road just, and cars are just flying by us. I'm like, what is going on? And I kind of look over at the driver and I look and like, we're going like 50 miles an hour. I'm like, why are we going so slow? And then just, and so I, I kind of lean up over to the driver. I'm like, hey, what's, what's going on? And she's like, the road here is just really bad. She's like, when, when, it, when the road gets better again, like, we'll get moving. I'm like, well, we better, or we're never going to get to Montana at this speed. Like, we're just not going to get there. So I, I sit back down, and as I'm sitting there, I'm, I can't fall back asleep. I'm just looking. I'm looking at the cars going by us. And as I'm watching the cars go by us, they're just like, that they're smooth. I look, I'm like, they're drinking tea out a little cup. Not exactly. But it just, just you can tell that they're not having the same trouble that we are. And I'm like, is she in the wrong lane? Like, did overlap heavy load come in? Like, you know, just all these things. Are going to, I'm like, what? what is she doing? But as I'm watching these cars, I'm like, it's us. Like, we're the problem. It's not the road. There's something wrong with us. And so I'm like, hey, is, is there something up? I, I lean up to the driver again. I'm like, is there something up with this, the suspension maybe? And she's like, no, nope, no, nope, just don't, don't worry. The roads will get nicer again. And I get back in my seat and I watch some more cars just zip by. And finally, I'm like, I've just had enough. Like, this, we cannot keep doing this. So I go up there, I said, hey, um, would you please call the last driver? And she's like, what? And I'm like, okay, this, it's, the problem is the bus. It's not the road. And she's like, I no 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 no. I'm like, please call the driver. So she does. She calls the driver and she's on the phone. She's like, What, Neil? No, no, no. She's like, Hold on a second. And so she reaches over and hits this button. And when she does, we just go, do 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 do, and it just goes smooth right out. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. And I look up and she's like, Okay, well, I'll let you know if anything's wrong or broken. And she kind of hangs up. Well, let me tell you what happens. Some of you probably already know. Well, it's a a coach bus. And what this coach bus does is when you stop to make it easier for people to get in and out, the front of the bus, which is on airbag suspension, the, the bus kneels and those airbags are drained. And the front of the bus goes down to make it easier for you to get on and off. But before you get back on the road again, you're supposed to turn back on. And refill those airbags so that you are riding on that instead of the axles. We had been driving down the road with the bus in, kneeling. Just boom! So literally the wheels are on the ground and the chassis and the wheels are doing this, going down the road. And I am just like, oh my goodness! How do you not know how to drive the bus? But here, here's, here's a picture I want you to see from that. I think many times what happens is people are in their marriage, going down the road, and it gets bumpy. And what they do is they look at other marriages. They look at intra- in- instra- Instagram. Insta- what I'm saying everything at once. They look at Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. There, I said it. They look at these other things. They, they get little snapshots of what their friends are doing and the vacations that they have. And, oh, my husband's so great. Look what he just did. Oh, look what he just built. It's so amazing. Really, if you were to go over there and touch it, the whole thing just fall over. But it looks so good in the picture, and they post this, and they see it. And they look at it, and, in, and they, it, it's just like me being on that bus, watching all these cars going by, and be like, I wish I was in that one. It's going so much faster, having so much more fun than me. Instead of saying, wait a second, this isn't what marriage was meant to be. God made it, and he said it was good. He wasn't like, uh-oh, fun's over. <laughs> That's not it. The world paints the picture like, hey, have fun, because eventually you're going to, and I hate this, but here's what they say, because eventually you'll get married and you'll settle down. You're supposed to settle down. You're supposed to settle up. Don't settle down. Don't get married and be like, oh, it's over. I'm just going to sit around and do this. and I'm going to punch clocks and go over here. and I'm going to have some kids and wipe some butts and please. Some it's really awesome. No, it's going to No, don't just run around paying bills. No, that's not what marriage is meant to be. But if we have the mindset, if we're not careful, we'll hit those bumps and we'll look at everything else and long for what others have instead of realizing we can make what we have great. If we'll ask some questions, if we'll take some advice, if we'll look at what God's word has to say about it, instead of giving up on it, we'll invest in it. The the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener where it's watered. You just got to take care of it. I don't know where your marriage is, but God has a plan and a purpose for you. And when you get married, it is a good thing, the Bible says. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be great. You, get to, you don't ever have to say goodbye. There's going to be trouble. There'll be trouble. If you've ever heard me talk on marriage, you, you've heard me mention this verse. It's 1 Corinthians 7.28. Where well, Paul's like, hey, look, it's the latter part of the verse that says it. Those who marry will have trouble. Amen. Nobody says it. I'll just say it to myself. That's right. There we go. It's just what happens. There's nobody that if you marry, you can avoid the trouble. There's nobody that you're like, well, if I had married them, I wouldn't be on this bump car and I'd be in that thing just cruising along. Those who marry will have trouble. It's just a matter of how are you going to look at that trouble? What's the attitude you're going to have? It might be different with a different person, but there'll still be problems. There'll be different problems that help Part of dating is like deciding on what problems you want to deal with, because that's that's what it is. There's no perfect person. They're not out there. There's no one. Oh, it would have been so much better. No, it would have been different. But if you have the same attitude that you do now, which is, I'm going to go find something better, you would have ruined that too. Or you can say, instead of looking at everything else that's going on that's great, I'm gonna, I know what marriage is meant to be. I know who designed it. It was God. He said it was a good thing. I'm going to make it the best that I possibly can. And I'm going to work on it. I'm not just going to look at what everybody else is doing. I'm not going to focus outward. I'm going to say, God, what did you design it to be? That's what I want it to be. That's how I want to do it. That's what I'm going to do. And here's where it starts. If you're single and you're in here, let me just say, so many right now, they're like, well, we want to try it out first, and they want to cohabitate. They want to just—they want to move in. Don't do it. It starts by doing it God's way. Now, here's the deal. The best time to plant a tree was yesterday. The second best is today. The very best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. I would, I, I would love to have planted some trees 10 years ago. But the second best time is today. And we can't go back and change things. What you can do is decide today, God, I'm going to honor marriage as what you designed it to be, and I'm going to give it the attention and the care that it deserves because it's what you designed for it to be. I'm going to see my wife, I'm going to see my husband as a gift from you, and I'm going to change the way I'm treating them today. You can't change the past. There's so many things I would change if I could go back in time, but I can't. So instead... We honor God, and we say, okay, I'm not just going to look around at what everybody else is doing. Look at your marriage and how you can make it great. Because God said, here's what God said. God said that marriage is a covenant. It's a covenant. Malachi 2.14 says this, you ask why? It is because the Lord is the witness between you and your wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. There's a big difference between covenant and contract. We don't do a lot of covenants around anywhere. A contract is where you limit your liabilities. You're like, hey, this is what I will do. I'm agreeing to do this, right? That's a, that's a contract. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to limit my, my liabilities and I'm going to protect my rights in a contract. In a covenant, you say, this is what I will do, period. There's not an exchange of, well, I'll do this. A contract is, I'll do this, but you have to pay me this. I'll do this, but you have to do this. I'll supply this, but only if you do this. A covenant is not that. A covenant is, I like to say it this way, is a predecision. It's this is what I will do no matter what. When we're in marriage counseling and I'm talking to people, I'm like, this is what you're doing. It's not, that's why we have in the vows for better or worse, because guess what? Worse is coming, because nobody, I have, I have yet to see the wedding where they're getting married, and they're like, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Like, this is going to be bad. I've never seen somebody walking down the aisle, and then they're being pushed from behind, like, no, just do it. This will be good in the long run, man. It's bad now, but go do it. Like, I haven't seen that. Everybody in the moment's like, this is awesome. I'm so excited to do this. This is going to be great. Nobody else has a good marriage, but ours is going to be amazing. We're going to be so much different. It's going to be so much better. They're so amazing. I'm amazing. It's going to be amazing. This is the mindset we go into it with. We're so excited. We have in those vows better or worse because guess what's coming? Worse it, it's coming. We know it whether your worst is really bad or not really that bad or, or horrible. It's, it's going to not be great at some point, right? At some point, you wake up, you look over, she's got morning breath, you're like, oh my, you can slay a dragon, you fall over. It, it, just, it just happens. It's gonna happen. But a covenant is you stand before God and you say, till death do us part. For better or worse, this is how I will treat you. I'll treat you the way, that, and we're going to get into this, the way that God tells me that I'm supposed to treat my spouse. I'll honor you and serve you. Watch how I do this, regardless of of how you treat me. And the way that God, he, he designed this whole thing, and he laid it out, and we look at his way of doing it, I'm going to tell you what it is, is it's risky. It's different, but it's amazing, and it works when we honor God and we do it his way. God designed marriage. You were literally made for it. Spiritually, when you come together and you're married, you are a more complete picture of who God is. We're different, but designed to work together. It takes work, absolutely. Remember this, there's no one that you could have picked, no difference, just remember. Those who marry will have trouble. When trouble comes, don't look outside, don't be don't start window shopping, swiping this way and that way. Instead be like, what can I do? The road may be bumpy, or maybe it's not the road, maybe it's you. And you've got some attitudes that need to change, some apologies that need to be given. This is really just the foundation. This is the beginning of this whole series. It's going to be awesome. I'm real excited about what God's shown me. One of the things I absolutely love about pastoring, one of the things I absolutely love about getting up here and sharing every week is I am, basically, you want to know what Sundays are for me? They're one of the many tests I take. It's like, what have you learned? What more have you learned about marriage? What more have you learned about God's word? What has God been speaking? What is he saying? Is it, It's every week. Guess what comes? Guess what tomorrow is? It's Monday, but you know what's coming again? Sunday. And they come with amazing regularity. They just keep coming and coming. It's an opportunity. Where I'm like, Am I ready? Have I learned? Have I grown? Your marriage. Over these next few weeks, I'm real excited. But what God's speaking to me, and what He's going to be doing in marriages. The number one thing I want you to remember is this, you were made for this. You can do it and it can be great. When two, when two Christians come together and they get married, it is a good thing. The Bible says where two or more are gathered together, there he is, where one may chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. When you're united, the Bible says the two become one. You're different. But you're meant to be one. You were made for it. Don't window shop. Realize what you were made for and how great marriage was meant to be. Wherever your marriage is, it can get better, but it can also get worse. That pendulum, it swings both ways. It's got all this potential here, and it can go the other way as well. But when we do it God's way, we get the best results from wherever we are. You may have regrets, all of us do. But you can't change the past. But you can decide today, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to give my all to you. And you can begin to love and serve your spouse and cherishing them. Seeing marriage not as something that man has made up, but a gift that God has given. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here and and you're next to your wife, would you just reach over? And hold her hand. If you're married, also if you're dating and uh, you're engaged, if you're engaged, just reach over and hold, hold hands if you would. I want to say a prayer for you guys. Would you real quick so I can see that? Just, if you're holding hands right now, just lift those hands up. I'd like to see those and I want to know who I'm praying for here. Awesome. Okay, hands down. God, I just lift you up right now. We thank you for your word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And I just lift up every relationship, every marriage that's represented here this morning. God, some both are here, some they're not. But regardless, I ask God that you would do a work in every single one of these relationships, that you would open up eyes to see, that you would soften hearts. God, you said that divorce came in because of the hardness of hearts. So we just ask right now, God, that you would soften our hearts that no matter what it is that we need, no matter what it is that we've done, what our past may look like, God, we surrender to you right now and we declare that you are Lord of this marriage. You are Lord of this relationship. We submit it to you. God, do a work in us. In Jesus' name. If you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here this morning, you don't know where you stand with God, I'd love the honor of leading you in prayer. You know, the Bible says that when we pray, that when we confess with our mouth that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, that we will be saved. You can know. The gift that Jesus gave, you just have to accept it. If you say, today, that's you. I'd love the honor of praying with you and right right in your seat. And we say amen, you can only be a shadow of a doubt where you stand and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you. If that's you, then at the count there, I want you to shoot your hand up. Ready, one. All the way, you're saying, that's me, today's the day I'm giving my life, my heart to him. One, two, three. Right now, all the way up, and say, that's me. Today, this is it for me. This is my day. This is my hour. Come on. Well, God, we just come before you this morning. We thank you for your word. God, we do. We see marriage as not just something that we do, not just two people that hang out a lot. But God, we thank you for the work that you do in marriage, the joining of both man and woman, the better picture of you we are. God, we've fallen short. We've made mistakes. We ask you to forgive us, to strengthen us by your spirit, to better love our spouses. And we thank you for all you do in both in and through us,